Sports talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. It is March Mania here at Sensi's, our final show out here in Wexford. Thanks so much to Sensi's for being welcoming to us for, I don't know, it feels like a dozen shows we've done here. I think it's probably a half dozen, but, you know, half dozen one, a dozen the other. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) It's been great. And Bud Light's been a tremendous sponsor, and they sponsor a lot of the stuff we do, including Bud Light Happy Hour on Friday. So thanks to them, and thanks very much to Sensi's. We'll talk a little bit about the basketball game that's upcoming tonight at some point. My sister-in-law's in town, and I've been told we're watching I, Tanya tonight. Ho, ho, ho! Ho, ho, ho! I'm going to have to watch I, Tanya. It's a good movie. It is? It is a very good movie. I've already like seen it. it. Kellen, you stop with that nope. It's a good movie. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. I'm sure that you want to get in on the conversation that's just been had over the last forty minutes uh, between Rossi and myself. Here's one thing we didn't even touch on here, and I think it's a good point. Mike Sullivan has a plan B. Always, 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 always. Penguins down three games to two in the conference final a couple of years ago against the Lightning. And what did the Penguins do? The Penguins. The one team that you would never want to see this from. You know what they did? They trapped. They trapped. Dan Bilesma would rather sleep with me before trap. It never would have happened. Dan Bilesma never adjusted once in his life. His adjustment was, oh, let me double the lines. Uh, 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 Brian Gibbons isn't working with Sidney Crosby? Uh, uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Mike Sullivan's like, hmm. This isn't working right now. Let's do something that's going to work. He's not an egomaniac the way that Dan Bosworth was. He's not an egomaniac the way that Mike Johnston was in that he doesn't think what he does and his bread and butter is is the only way to win a hockey game because newsflash, it ain't. So when the Penguins aren't playing good hockey, when the Penguins don't have an answer, they'll go to the film room and they'll have one schematically. Does that mean that they're going to win? No. Certainly not. They almost didn't win last year. Okay? They might not have won two years ago had they not won an overtime against the Capitals in Game 6. So, throw everything out the window from a we-know-what's-going-to-happen standpoint. You don't. But what I do know is that Mike Sullivan has an answer, and I know that because I've seen it. He has an answer X's and O's wise. He's got an answer tactically. And when you've got an answer tactically you've at least put yourself in a position to win games. So, to say to the Penguins and to their fans that this year's team doesn't have a shot, I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to dismiss this team's chances out of hand the way that Rossi was. And again, I love Rossi. He's great. We just have a difference of opinion here. That's okay. It's okay. It's fine. I want to do a whole show with Rossi before the playoffs start. We'll see if it happens. I'd love to do it. Because we do have a difference of opinion here. But to dismiss this Penguins team out of hand, given what they've done the last couple of years, I think is nonsense. Coming up at 6.20 in 15 minutes, we're going to hear from my man, Josh Yowie from The Athletic, get his thoughts on all of that. Maybe we'll let him break the tie today. Before we get to that, though, home opener just didn't feel right this year for the Buckos. 
They won. They're 4-0. We'll hear from my grandma on that tomorrow. I'm sure she is so happy. But just because they're 4-0 doesn't mean that the feeling around the club is the feeling it needs to be around a 4-0 ball club. Three years ago, had they started 3-0 or 4-0, people were fired up. They were selling out opening day whenever there was 105 losses the year before. There's not that feeling this year. And in fact, we talked to some people that may or may not have come up. Crowley Show, ESPN Pittsburgh. We're live on the street now outside the home opener. I am hammered drunk. Uh, what do you think about Johnson's chances this year? Johnson? You'll be all right? Yeah. You're getting drunk. Getting drunk. Getting drunk. That's the plan for today. How about ownership? Ownership. Yeah! So you are Elroy Face's daughter-in-law. Yes, I am. Yeah! Uh, what do you think about Johnson's chances this year? Johnson? You'll be all right? Yeah. Are you a believer in the over 73 I like the over 73 and a half. How much money did you put on that? Uh, uh, a little bit of money. Yeah? Little money. Be yeah. honest. Come on. Uh, $1,000. Yes! Johnson looks really good. Yeah. I think he looks great. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, uh, the new catcher? Haven't really seen much of him yeah. yet. but Robinson Ramirez looking good? Yeah. <laughs> What's your name, dude? Doug. Doug. How many opening days you been to, you think? Uh, How long do you think it'll take you before you are an inebriated? Probably about, about an hour, hour and a half. Bucko Louie, uh, have you ever been confused for Brett Kiesel? Yeah. Yeah! 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 Can you take Jack Sparrow in a fight? <laughs> oh, I... Yeah! Can I have a Bud Light? Absolutely. You want one? I would love one. You smoking a uh, doobie there? I got a, I got myself a Cuban. Oh. Cohiba Cuban. Yes, that's right. Pirates got a couple of Cubans on the roster this year. Come on now. Yeah! You said McCutcheon's gone, Cole's gone, and yet you're excited. That's a positive spin on things. I never liked touch. Opening day. It's a Pittsburgh tradition, uh-huh. I think. Rain, shine, snow, whatever. <laughs> did anybody happen to see what Johnson did today or Robinson Ramirez? Uh, I think those two got the day off today, actually. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say that Ramirez would have done just as well as Johnson. Johnson would have done just as well as Ramirez. Johnson's a, Johnson's going to be a good player. I'm glad they they made that acquisition in the offseason. I think I think honestly that that guy's got a high ceiling. Yeah. I do too. High beta player though. Like if he's bad, he's bad. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, when he's and great, he, oof. injuries are a problem. But I think he's past that for now. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, you know, you know I'm what, encouraged. You know what the beauty of this is? I mean, we go out there, and again, it, there's not the greatest feeling of an opening day. It actually felt more like. Like a Steeler game with the snow and the cornhole going on and like kind of early in the season, everybody's kind of a little hyped that it's starting. But it, but it seemed like people were down, man. Like there was always a caveat to like, oh, yeah, I don't know, man, you know. The one thing we ran into, though, for sure, was a lot of people hating on nutting. And I think that just dampens the whole thing. And the fact that Rob pointed out that there were, I think the attendance was, what, 30,000 that was announced, and Rob said it was probably closer to 21, that's a sad state of affairs. That's going to hurt nutting in the wallet, man. And that's when things change, when you hurt this guy in his wallet, because clearly that's all he cares about. Here's the thing, though. I don't think it does hurt him yet. Not yet, but it's a good beginning to it. It's it's a bad sign for the future because if he did, if he continues to do this and he continues to piss off the fans, it's not going to end well for him. I think the best case scenario is the Pirates do really well and nobody cares, nobody goes. Yes, and that's attendance, that's television ratings. I think it's merchandise sales, it's all that stuff. 
So if they win and the fans say, you know what, we've seen this before, he's not going to put anything in the ball club, that to me is the best possible thing that can happen for Pirates fans is to say, you know what, prove it! Prove it. You say all the time that when we are in a position to contend, that you will allow us to contend by going out and getting the players that will help you win when it matters. And they haven't done that. And because of that, Pirates fans are fed up more so than they ever were before, more so than they were when they came off an 105 loss season. So that to me is the biggest thing to take away from today. Not the game itself, not the TV ratings whenever they come out. Uh, it's it, Well, I guess that, but... <laughs> Back to you. Back to you. And, then, and you brought up a good point there with the uh, with um, merchandising. I'd love to see the numbers today with merchandising because if the crowd's that low, you got to figure that uh, people aren't as interested to go to the game. But that probably, in a bigger way, hurt merchandising because even the fans who got off their ass and decided to go to the game probably didn't buy as much gear as they would have. You know, so I would love to see those numbers. I know they're not made public immediately or anything like no, that. No, and they, won't, they won't be made public ever, really. Yeah, it's more of a whole season type thing that they go by there. But I'm sure they took a hit there as well. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And I asked the question before, and I'll ask it again. And if you want to chime in, 412-922-2874. When are they going to sell out this year? We were talking about it off the air. Tom's saying, well... Fireworks night, they'll get Friday crowds. The Pirates have done well on Fridays. They'll give away the free T-shirts, stuff like that. But of late, the Pirates haven't been selling out the games they used to sell out all the time. The bobblehead games used to always be sold out. The fireworks games used to always be sold out. And they haven't all been sold out lately. And that's whenever they have drawn to opening day. Now, they didn't draw to opening day. And I'm wondering, even for those promotions, if it's going to happen. We're going to have to wait and see. I certainly hope people decide not to take their families to the ballpark. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I have a couple uh, that trickled in here. A lot of people retweeting the videos of our conversations oh, with people on the street. Uh, check those out at the Twitter account, at underscore Adam Crowley. I had somebody see the skullet guy, the dude with the long hair and the bald, in the crowd and send a picture to me of this gentleman just enjoying himself. And that was one of the guys uh, who was really hitting the ganja. We walked past him once. We were going to talk to him because he looked like the perfect yinzer to talk to. Yeah. We didn't talk to him initially because I didn't want to get contact high, but too much to pass up there. Funny thing is that guy was one of the guys who was really high on Johnson there. He was. Uh, he was big time on Johnson, thought he did well. High on Johnson, high on Robinson Ramirez. Rossi was talking a lot about how the Capitals are better than the Penguins and Right now, he would only pick Pittsburgh to beat Philadelphia in the first round. Philadelphia is, to me, the easiest matchup. It's something I've touched on a bunch. But again, to watch the Capitals beat the Penguins and then say they're clearly better than them doesn't mean anything to me. Two years ago, the Capitals dominated stretches of that playoff series. It's the playoffs. Games are tight, but they dominated a lot in that series, and Matt Murray played really well. This last postseason... We saw Marc-Andre Fleury play exceptionally well. In Game 7, he was unbelievable. And goaltending's an issue. But just because you think that Washington's better than Pittsburgh didn't mean anything to me. Uh, the Bengals were a better team than the Steelers a couple of years ago. It doesn't matter. Uh, the Steelers always own the Bengals. It's the way that it goes. It just winds up happening. And I think the same thing with the Penguins in Washington. Hell, last year I said... I'm a talent guy. 
I'll pick the team with the most talent. I'll pick the team that's playing the best. I picked Washington to win that series. I'm never doing it again. I'm never going to bet against these Penguins with Mike Sullivan until I see him lose with my own two eyes. I'm never going to pick Washington to beat the Penguins until I see it with my own two eyes. It was possible two years ago. It was possible last year, but it didn't happen, and it didn't happen because it never happens. By the way, one thing that does concern me, uh, last night's game, the Penguins kind of come on, came unhinged at the end. Evgeny Malkin lost his cool. That's something to pay attention to. You don't want that to become a trend. That was a trend a couple of years ago. That's one of the problems that plagued the Penguins before Mike Sullivan. And again, I think he'll turn it around, but just something that's crept into their game that I don't like. Uh, they weren't able to gain easy zone entry last night. Uh, on the power play, they weren't able to get into the zone easily. Once they did, they were great, uh, even though it didn't show up on the stat sheet. But they had a great power play last night. But when that stuff happens, when you're having a difficult time getting east-west, or north-south, pardon me, and they're going east-west, they're having trouble getting through the neutral zone, they can get frustrated. And I think that's why Malkin lost his cool. Mike Sullivan, over the course of a seven-game series, will look at the film, and instead of his team getting frustrated and losing their cool, they'll get frustrated, they'll go to the film room, and they'll try something different. Their frustration breeds success. Before it didn't. And I'm sure that this frustration will build success too. Coming up next, Josh Yowie of The Athletic. He'll settle the tie. He'll tell me if I'm right or if Rossi's right. I guarantee you he's not dismissing the Penguins out of hand. And I trust Josh Yowie. It's the Crowley Show. Now here's everybody's favorite millennial. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Josh Yowie of The Athletic was one of 30,000 people, only 30,000 people that took in today's Pirates home opener. He joins us now here on the Crowley Show. Yowie, are you bombed right now? No, I'm, I'm perfectly good. Um, but yeah, I, I will say, I don't know if you've been speaking about this or not, but I've probably been to like 15 or 20 home openers in my day, and that was the worst home opener atmosphere I've ever experienced, and I was startled by the number of empty seats. I couldn't believe it. I love that, man. I do. I, I just think that Pirates fans are fed up. Uh, hell, they were yeah. 3-0 and coming into the game. Usually they get you some buzz, and uh, it did not this time around. Did you still enjoy yourself, though? That's the important question. Yeah, I, I mean, I like baseball, and uh, I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed the ambiance of the home opener and all. It was kind of a boring game after the first inning, but whatever. I had Rob Rossi on in the second hour of the program, Josh, and I need you to settle a debate we've been having. Yeah, I know. It's been tough. He <laughs> says that he would set the over-under on wins for the Penguins in this playoffs. Not series wins, but wins overall at two. I'm going to take the over there. What say you? Yeah, I'll take the over. Um, th there are some red flags with this team, but I, I still look at the reality of, you know, we have to consider the Penguins simply match up with all the teams in their division pretty darn well. Uh, they're probably going to play Philadelphia or Columbus. There is a chance they could slide down and play Washington. Um, no matter what there, I would take the over, and I would still favor them in a series, certainly against Philadelphia, um, probably against Columbus. Washington might be 50-50. Um, I'll take the over. 
but I will tell you that I, I really have no feel for this team entering the postseason. They could flip a switch and get hot. It would not shock me. Or they could be done in a week, and it wouldn't shock me. I, I just It's a very bizarre team right now to gauge. If you want to start ranking red flags, Josh, what's the biggest concern for you right now? And what might be a concern that you think is being played up as a concern that might write itself as the playoffs get here? Well, the biggest concern, I mean, it's a really big thing. It's hard to, to put it into smaller terms. They just give up too many goals. And, you know, you can blame whoever you want. I think their biggest problem is they're just fundamentally not a very good defensive team. And they have about four or five forwards who are god-awful defensively. And their blue line's not bad, but it's not great. And they have a goaltender who's been great in the playoffs before, but he's been pretty mediocre this season. And he put it all together, and it's just a, a bad combination. I and mean, even go back to the Montreal game on Saturday night, which they won 5-2. They gave up three breakaways in the third period while protecting a three-goal lead. That should never happen under any circumstances. They're just so carefree defensively. And if ever there was a team that could, you know, win six, five games throughout the playoffs, I guess it's them. But history tells us you don't win Stanley Cups that way. And, and they're, they're basically going down the path of the 2012 and 2013 Penguins who just wanted to outscore everyone. It doesn't work that way. Look at last season. Look at, you know, look at game six in Nashville, game six in San Jose. Those weren't barn burners. Those weren't five, four games. That's not how you win in the playoffs. And I think they're going to try to win that way, and that's that's danger. It is, and that would remind you certainly of the Dan Bilesma Penguins where they failed that way. Uh, It seemed like almost every year after 2009. uh, That's not a good sight. That being said, I do think that they'll tighten up defensively when the games are more important. And I know maybe that shows some naivety on my part, but perhaps it's just me having seen the Penguins do that the last couple of seasons uh, i don't love their defense core but i also don't know if this defense core itself is worse than last year's defense score so for that reason i think that maybe with a little bit greater attention to detail if any team certainly knows what it's like to play meaningful hockey it's these guys i think that might help change the favor in their factor well if you're a penguins fan looking for optimism uh, there is some and i'll tell you what it is uh, maybe it doesn't sound becoming on the surface but you could make an argument, and I think there's some possibility here, that they really just don't care right now. Um, now, I don't think it's that simple, and I don't think that covers up all of their flaws. But I've had so many conversations with players, on the record, off the record, whatever. Um, guys were pretty honest about things, and I've asked them if they want to win the division, if that really matters to them. They really don't care. I, they don't. I mean, they, they really just want April 11th to be here. I get that feeling. Um, so maybe they are that rare team that can flip the switch. And certainly they know how to win that time of year. And maybe muscle memory takes over a little bit when the playoffs come. I don't know. Um, I, I give them a puncher's chance to make a run this spring. We know they know how to do it. We know they're going to score goals. But I still see a lot of flaws there. And I, I see a team that's not playing at the level that it was the previous two uh, Aprils going into the playoffs. That's for sure. How concerned is Sullivan about that? I think he's been concerned all season. I, I, I've I've had that sense all year. I don't think he gets angry with this team, and I would throw Rutherford into this too. That they never get angry at this team, even when the Penguins are really struggling in December. Uh, I remember it was the day before they played out in Vegas for the first time. Jim Rutherford, he said he was contemplating making a trade, and he said, you know, 
Uh, I can't get mad at these guys. They have given us so much. I'm never going to get angry at this team, but they might just need some help. And I think that's how Sullivan feels as well. It's a group he has so much respect for. But I, I think in many ways it has been a trying season for Sullivan because I think for the first time, it's kind of like he's a jockey, you know, whipping the horse coming down the stretch, and for the first time they haven't really responded to him. And maybe they will in the playoffs. I don't know. But it's been a frustrating season. And, and I, I truly think fatigue has a ton to do with it, Adam. I, I, I just I don't think the legs have been there some nights. I don't think the legs were there last night in the first period. You could just see it. And uh, do they have enough to go through two months in the playoffs? Uh, probably not. But, I, you know, I never bet against them either. Until somebody beats them, you never know. And that's where I am. I think you make a lot of great points there, and I thought Rossi made a lot of reasonable points as well on the subject. I'm just never going to write them off and put the over-under at two playoff wins when I've seen what they've done under Mike Sullivan. Uh, Again, we'll see what happens. A team that scares me real bad right now is honestly Columbus. Just the way that they're playing a structured brand of hockey. They're also scoring goals. Uh, I do think to an extent that playing good hockey down the stretch helps, certainly developing good habits. Uh, We've talked about this a bunch, but Philadelphia first round, give them to me now. I would sign in blood for the Flyers right now. No, that's the team you want. I know this is going to be awkward for Penguins fans to hear, but you might want to cheer for the Flyers for a couple of games here at the end of the regular season. Yes. If somehow they can pass Columbus, and here's the problem. The Penguins are going to have to beat Columbus probably on Thursday night in Columbus. Uh, that's a tall order. That's a really tall order. That's not an easy building to play in. They're playing their best hockey of the season right now. Uh, Philly's the team you want to play if you're the Penguins. They're 4-0 against them this season. They have a gear the Flyers don't have. Now, that said, the Penguins are 3-0 against the Blue Jackets this year, by the way, and they certainly have mastered uh, beating Sergei Bobrovsky over the year. So, there's a psychological advantage there, but I can't tell you that the Penguins are playing at a higher level than the Blue Jackets are right now. I, I, I can't do it. That, that's a really solid team that just beats the hell out of you. Um, that would be a great series. Uh, if you're the Penguins, you want Philly. Let me ask you this. Would you rather play Columbus or Washington? If they could slide down to the four spot and play Washington, which I think is a pretty darn good team, but they've got issues of their own between the pipes and otherwise. I, and I, I know this, the Capitals don't want to see the Penguins in the first round. I promise you they don't. Josh, I think you're spot on. In fact, I think the preferred route for the Penguins should be Philly round, Washington round, too, without a doubt. Yeah. No, I, I think it probably is. I, I'm telling you, Columbus is trouble. They really are. The, now, the Penguins match up well against them because the, Columbus's one weakness, they're not real great down the middle. And Crosby and Malkin generally have a field day against that team. So from a matchup standpoint, yeah, I'm not saying the Blue Jackets would beat them. I don't know that I would pick them to beat them. But I wouldn't be shocked if Columbus beat them either. And uh, how would that handshake line be for one Ian Cole, by the way, if that were to happen? It'd be delightful. It would be. I would imagine so. Screw that guy. <laughs> yeah. Josh Yoey of The Athletic joining me here on The Crowley Show. If you're the Capitals whether it's the first round against Pittsburgh or the second round, you got to go with Grubauer, right? You just have to. Try something different. Yes, I think you do. No matter who they play in the playoffs, I think you do. Um, I was actually talking with Paul Sagerwald about this the other night. We kind of agreed that you start Grubauer. He was awesome last night. I mean, that was maybe the best goaltending performance I've seen all year against the Penguins. Um, and his numbers are sensational. 
if you, pl- you play him. If he wins, he wins. That's great. If they fall behind in a series and he falters, then all of a sudden you bring Holtby in on the white horse. And maybe there's less pressure on him then. He can just play. I, I think that's probably what they should do. And Barry Trotz knows he's probably going to get fired if they don't get out of the second round anyway. Why should he care at this point? You know, he's going to roll the dice. Why shouldn't he? Um, I think they are going to go with Grubauer. And I'll tell you why. Uh, last night was their biggest game of the season, and they went with Grubauer against a team they can never beat, but the chance to clinch the division on the road, that tells me that was a little dress rehearsal for the playoffs. Like, all right, let's see how Grubauer does. If he plays well, I bet he's the guy. And he was awesome. His numbers are better than Holtby's. Holtby is always a mess against the Penguins, especially. Um, yeah, I, I certainly sense just from you know, so talking with some of the beat writers I know in Washington who are around that team a lot more than I am, I think Grubauer is going to be the guy. That's fascinating, and it makes sense, and it's exactly what I would do, so it probably won't work. Josh Joey of The Athletic joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Josh, the Penguins' power play went 0-5 last night. Uh, they had some trouble in the early going with zone entry. Hell, that was a problem all night long with Washington playing really good neutral zone defense. We'll talk about the 5-on-5 play in a second, but I actually thought the power play looked really good despite the puck not going in the back of the net. Yeah, I thought the first one was really bad when they just kind of skated in circles in the neutral zone because they refused to dump the puck in, which was kind of amusing. Very A very Penguin thing to do if ever there's been one. But um, the rest of the night, I thought the power play looked really good. I mean, Malkin had a wide-open look, and Grubar wasn't even in the net. He hit the crossbar. Um, they had some other really good chances. Some nights, the puck's not going to go in on the power play. I think it pretty much came down to that. I don't see any red flags with that unit that's been the best in the NHL all season. Now, one interesting thing, uh, kind of subtly here in the last 10 games or so, Justin Schultz has really become the number one guy on the power play. You don't see Latang out there as often with that unit, and uh, frankly, I applaud that decision. I just think Schultz gets shots through better, makes better decisions. Um, you can't really go wrong with either, but I actually kind of like Schultz being there, and I, I don't think the power play is an issue. The PK was good last night, uh, which is a welcome sight because uh, whether it was because Ian Cole was there or not, uh, since the deadline, the penalty kill has not been good. It has been horrible. Um, it's, it was hovering around 70% for a while there. Uh, they do miss Ian Cole. Uh, there's some people in the Penguins organization who will oh, come on. He's just a number five defenseman. We don't, yeah, they miss him. They miss him on the penalty kill for sure. And... Um, in general, they've really struggled, and as much as that they're giving up power play goals, they're giving them like tap-ins and these seam passes that are getting through them left and right. They've done a lot of poor things fundamentally. Uh, it was good last night, however. I thought they did a great job against Ovechkin last night, and, you know, penalty-killing units in general can be a streaky thing. Uh, they've given up, I think, a power play goal in 10 of 11 games. Maybe they're going to get hot now. It's not like they don't have accomplished penalty killers. You know, guys like Carl Hagelin and Tom Kunakle, these are guys who have Kill penalties at a high level for a really long time. So I don't think that unit is as bad as it has shown in the last month. But it's not a strength either. And and, and you knew that when you traded away Cole because he, he played so many minutes on the PK unit. And it, you have to give up someone to get a guy like Eric Burchard. I understand that. But you also don't really want to trade guys like Ian Cole right before the playoffs. And they've lost a lot of guys like Ian Cole, players of substance who are abrasive to play against in the playoffs. Ian Cole, Nick Benino, Matt Cullen, Ron Hainsey, all in the last year. Those are a lot of good good guys that you want to have in the playoffs, and they've lost a lot of that. 
Malkin flipped his lid at the end of last night's game. He said afterwards he was sending a message, might see these guys in the playoffs. I don't think that's really the message that the Penguins want to be sending. Uh, how do you view that entire in- incident? Um, I, I got the sense that Malkin was frustrated with his teammates a little bit. Um, I almost felt like he was saying, hey, guys, are we going to be this soft? Well, I don't want to play this soft, so you watch what I do and you follow me. I, I, I don't think it had anything to do with the Capitals or TJ Oshie or Kenny Kuznetsov. I think he was really frustrated by how, how the game went. And maybe Malkin felt like this team's just going through the motions right now and I'm getting a little aggravated by it. And I'm going to show them you better play with this kind of passion because this is how we have to play in the playoffs. So that part of it was just him getting angry, of course. But I, I do think there was something to it, and I think that was just his way of trying to show leadership, I guess, which is kind of funny. It's like such of a Don Cherry way to show leadership. Like you don't think of, you know, the superstar from <laughs> Russia showing leadership in that way, but that's how Gino is sometimes, and he does care. And uh, I asked Mike Sullivan about it, if he, you know, would prefer Gino not being the guy who did that kind of thing. And uh, Sullivan looked at me like I was crazy. I think he kind of enjoyed it a little bit. So um, it, it was pretty good theater, and he had some pretty entertaining things to say after the game as well. He did, and you know what, Josh? If that's the way that Mike Sullivan wants it to be then, then fine. Uh, who am I to say that that's not the way to send a message then? Because Malkin's really owned the pulse of this club of late. The last couple of years when the Penguins haven't played well, he's been the guy who's called him out in the media. And if he's calling him out in the media, I imagine he'd have called him out. And it's always starting with his game, but he'll call out his teammates in the locker room then as well. Uh, his maturation has been fabulous. And all right then, if he wants to do that, and he's going to get the blessing from the coach, then maybe that will uh, light a fire a little bit under these guys. You know what? Yeah, and I like it. Um, Sid's the captain, and I think he's a good captain. But you have to be true to your personality. Sid's not the kind of guy who calls people out. He's just not. He's just a reserved, laid-back person, a lot like Mario Lemieux was. And back in the early 90s, Mario wasn't the guy who was going to call someone out, but Kevin Stevens would, Earl Samuelson would, or Brian Trottier would. And that's okay. Um, you, you need more than one guy to be the leader. And uh, in many ways, Gino is the uh, straw that serves the drink for this team. He really is. And when he talks, people listen. And he's just the kind of guy who takes action. And, no, I, I think in a lot of ways it's a healthy thing when you see him like that. And it's funny. When Sid gets mad or when Latang gets mad during games, they usually don't play well. That uh, They're affected by that negatively. They need to be even peeled. When Malkin gets mad... He usually goes off and has a big game the next night. Uh, that's just how he is. When he gets mad, he, he gets better. And maybe we'll see that. So, uh, no, it uh, gave the paying customers something enjoyable to watch in the final minutes. And uh, you can't say the guy doesn't care. That's for sure. Josh, you are the straw that stirs my drink, my friend. Thanks so much for coming on. Wow. You got it, buddy. Take care. Later. Josh Yoey, The Athletic. That guy's good. His opinion's better than Rossi's. I didn't say it. I'm sorry, Rob. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Actually, I think Josh played that perfectly. There are concerns. He's not going to dismiss the Penguins. I feel the same way. I think Tom punched his microphone in the face. Coming up next, it's the hottest take of the day. It is a hot one. And we've also got other crap where we'll be comparing the follies of the three men who sit before you at Sensi's? It's the Crowley Show. <laughs> Radio station. This 
is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Tom never misses a butt. Kellen's been doing a really good job today of missing all the butts, but he'll get there. Maybe not. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Trevor Williams threw six no-hit innings the other day. He had 43 balls and 42 strikes. The umpire was to blame for some of that, but still had zeros up on the board. And it's the perfect time for me to say to all y'all baseball fans out there that I think no-hitters are so overrated. They're cool. They're rare. They're difficult to accomplish. The pitcher obviously has a lot to do with them, but it's not close to a perfect game. A perfect game is special. Now, there's an element of luck involved in both, but far more luck involved in a no-hitter. We've seen Edwin Jackson throw a no-hitter and also have walked nine guys. That's not impressive at all. A walk's the same as a hit. Give me a break. If a guy gets on base, a guy gets on base. That shouldn't count. The other day, Trevor Williams, God bless him, he pitched a good game, but... That would have been one of the worst no-hitters ever had he completed it. Now, there are some no-hitters where you're mowing people down, 12 strikeouts, carry wood, I mean, things like that. Those are fabulous, but there's so much luck involved in that when you're walking that many guys. He gave up three hard-hit balls yesterday, or whatever day it was when Trevor Williams was throwing the no-hitter. Was it yesterday? It was. There's been three pirate games since I last talked to you because they played the doubleheader. He gave up three hard-hit balls And they were all right at someone. That's not being good. That's being lucky, especially when you couple it with the walks. Here's another one. I'll couple these two together. Double hot takes for the price of one hot take. The cycle's dumb, too. It just is. It's rare. It's cool. I like them. But would you rather hit for a cycle? Or instead of hitting a single hit two home runs, a double, and a triple. You'd absolutely rather do that because guess what? That helps your team win. A home run is the best outcome that you can ever have when you're up to bat, period. It just is. So if you're going to hit a single instead of a home run, then that makes that feat less than the home run feat. Bam, and see another crap. That was the hottest take of the day, day. Day, day. Woo! Other crap. We have done some really good radio the last three weeks. It's the best we've ever been on this show. It is why ratings are up 700%. It's why I'm being recognized on the streets. It's why I cannot have my blinds up in my house. But we've also done some dumb things over the last three weeks. Each of us, Brian, Tom, and myself, have had some colossal F-ups. And, well, here are the worst of each of our three. I thought Tom never missed a butt. What's next? Are we going to have... Who wants to be a millionaire is the name of Social Security? 
crazy animal, those ducks. I had them. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. I will give Tom bonus points for his winding up being funny anyhow. Our jokes were swing and miss. They were terrible. And you know what? They wound up being funny because we made fun of them later. But Tom's was hilarious as it happened because it was so bad. In fact, let's give Tom an opportunity here in the next other crap to give a rebuttal. To allow himself to respond. A second chance, if you will. Thank you. Oh, no. A a chance at redemption. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. So let's do it, Tom. Thanks, Adam, for throwing it over to me. Let's start with the Cardinals. They brewed up a butt whooping in Milwaukee today. <laughs> Eight to four, your final there. Take it over to the Motor City now. A beautiful city. One of my favorites in the country. Gerald Ford, a really good friend of mine. The Tigers got their first win of the season. Six to one over the Royals. In Pittsburgh. The Pirates beat up on the Twins 5-4, to four, and finally my beloved Cubs went down in flames as the Reds took care of them, <laughs> one to nothing. Back to you, Adam. Now, wait a second here. There's got to be ducks on the pond somewhere. The pond, the pond is empty. I can't find a duck for miles out there. The ducks have flown south, apparently. Maybe we'll find some in the Miami Marlins game tonight. But your guess is as good as mine. Back to you. <laughs> he nailed it. Other crap. Woo! Other crap. <laughs> Pitt hasn't won a conference game in 399 days. Other crap. Woo! Other crap. Oing. Na 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 na. Talk about the games on the slate later tonight. The MLB, Chicago, looking to stay undefeated, going up north of the border to take on the Blue Jays. The Orioles will welcome the Houston Astros to town later on tonight. The Red Sox go down to Miami. Washington's got a tough divisional matchup against the Braves. You can always throw the records out the window when these two teams get together. L.A. Dodgers going to Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks. And finally out in the Bay Area, we got the Rangers and the Athletics in an absolute bar burner of a game. That's going to start at 10.05 on the East Coast, 7.05 out West. Back to you, Adam. Redemption. Thy name is Tom. You can't ask for better than that. No. You no, you really can't, Adam. But hopefully we get better than that when the Indians go to L.A. tonight to take on the Angels. We got Clevenger versus Ramirez in that game. It should be a good one. I can't wait. Back to you. We talked to some Byron fans before the show today, and they cannot spell Nevraskis. Do you know how to spell Nevraskis? No. You want to you try no. Very good. Do you know how to spell Never Ask Us? Nope. Do you want to try? Uh, nope. How do you spell Never Ask Us? N-E-V-E-R-A-U-S-K-A-S. 
Do you have any faith in the bullpen? No. Can you spell Neveraskas? N-E-V-E-R-A-U-S-K-A-S, something like that. How about Tyon? Can you spell Tyon? T-A-I-L-O-N. Got that one. I think you missed an L. Two L's. Two L's like this series for the Pirates? Nothing it. No. Come on now. Can you spell Neveraskas? <laughs> N-E-V-E-R... A... Uh, nope. Uh, Neveraskas, can you spell his name? No. Can you spell Neveraskas? Oh, it's like... N-E-V-E-R-S-A-K-A-S? Yes! Can you spell Neveraskas? Because I can't. Never mind, spell it. I can't even say it, probably. Can you spell Neveraskas? Who? How do you say this guy's name? I don't even know if I can get that out, but I'll give the spelling a shot for you. N-E-V-E-R-O-U-S-L-A-K-A-Z? I, I think that's how you spell it. How do you say it? Neveriscus? I don't know. Back to you, Adam. Dovidus Neveroscus. Pitch today for the Buckos. Along with a couple of other players that you may have never heard of. Robinson Ramirez and Johnson. Johnson, he who does not have a first name. Johnson is like Madonna. It's one word needed. Only yeah. one name. That's all you need. That's how prolific he is. It's good, good guy for the Bucks to get. <laughs> Finally, Bob Nutting comes through with Johnson. He goes out. He whips out the Johnson. Yeah. Nothing nice better job. than that. Braden tweets at underscore Adam Cry. The Pirates will sell out when they host Sky Blast with Smash Mouth or Lifehouse or some other band of the late 90s or early 2000s. I'm telling you right now, I'll set the over-under for sellouts this year for the Pirates at three. You going over or you going under? Brian, you going over or under? Uh, uh, I'm going under. Harry? Right now, I got to hit the over, Adam. They're 4-0 in their first four games. That's all pace for 162 wins. I've never seen that before in all my years of broadcasting, and I sure as hell would love to see it now. Back to you, Adam. Coming up tomorrow on the show, Jeff Capel. It's Capel. Oh, what you, happened? You can't keep doing that. It's Capel. Like, the worst thing that could happen tomorrow, if you go into that interview and you're like, hey, Capel, how you doing? Hey, Capel. It's K. Pull. Coming up tomorrow on the show, the pit coach will join at 445. Jeff Capel. Looking very much forward to that. I don't know who else is on. It almost doesn't matter because we're good anyhow. That's tomorrow on the Crowley Show. Oh, shoot. Tonight, national championship. I got Nova. <laughs> I got Nova with you. I'll take Nova too. I'm gonna have to go with Michigan though, Adam. I'm a big time North guy. Michigan's right next to Chicago, so let's go, Wolverines. <laughs> Is it 